It's Two Brain Radio. Every week, we'll deliver top-shelf tactics to help you improve your fitness business and move you closer to wealth. And now, here's your host, the most interesting man in fitness, Chris Cooper. This episode is brought to you by Liquid State Design. The real focus of this episode is talking about the value of your time. Is it worth it to outsource your programming? And when I started 2brainbusiness.com, 2braincoaching.com, I built these sites myself from scratch because I wasn't satisfied with what else was out there. It's important to know how to build a website yourself. It's important to know how to change your own oil. It's important to know how to rotate your own tires. But the value of your time is what's most important. I'm not a graphic designer. I'm not a website designer. And so I trust Liquid State Design to take care of all this stuff for me. Check them out. Talk to Teresa. They do some pretty amazing work, and a lot of two-brain gyms are already using them to huge advantage in their local market. What if you could start over? What if, knowing all that you know now, you could go back in time and clear the board, start from scratch, put policies in place to prevent the problems that you're currently having? My guests today, Robin and Aaron Mayer, did just that. They found CrossFit in 07. They started in their garage. They opened up CrossFit Regina, the first affiliate in Saskatchewan. Then they went small again. They moved to Manitoba. They started in their garage. They got 40 clients, and now they're opening up Stonebrook Strength. What have they learned? What will they be changing? How will they do it different this time? That's what we're going to talk about on today's show. Robin and Aaron Mayer, welcome to Two Brain Radio. Hi, Chris. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us, Chris. It's my pleasure. So, guys, let's start at the beginning. How did you find CrossFit? Well, the finding of CrossFit, I got into it first. I had gotten disillusioned with just going to the regular gym and working out, and I wanted to find something that was a little more, uh, I'd say, realistic and portable as well. So I started looking at military PT-type workouts, things that I could do with more running and calisthenics and then I, I was just looking online and I found discussion on this workout that called for 100 chin-ups in a single workout. It, it ended up being uh, referencing the CrossFit website and I thought 100 chin-ups in a workout. Like I, I'd be lucky if I reached 100 in a week just throughout all the workouts and here it was one session. So uh, this this might need some, some more investigation. So I started looking up and tried, tried Angie, bombed at it dismally. But then I looked at some of the other workouts, and they were a little more manageable, and there's a nice variety of them. And so I just started writing stuff down and modifying on my own for my own ability and keeping a lot of track, a lot of notes, so I could see my improvements. And tried to get Robin into it every now and then uh, with marginal success until one time I got her to count my reps for me on a modified fight on that. And that was the one that pushed her over the edge. She was like, okay, i got to try this. And this went from there. Robin could probably talk about how she saw it from her perspective. Yeah, so Erin started around 2004, and this is around 2007. When I got interested, I had had two kids. So this whole time I thought this wasn't for the everyday person. This is just for, you know, police, fire, military. Erin's a firefighter, so I thought that's why he trains this way. And then I got interested, and... Uh, invited over some other friends that were young moms, and we started a little workout club in our basement, uh, watched each other's kids for us, and Erin was our trainer and taught us uh, correct form, and we just uh, fell in love with CrossFit. That's back in 2007. 
then um, we started as basically with a toonie jar. People could throw a toonie in a jar for a workout. And Erin and I decided to go get our level one. We went down to Denver, Colorado in 2007. Uh, Greg Glassman himself taught our level one. That's going back to the beginning. Way back. And we decided to uh, affiliate. And we had made a business plan. And my goal was to have 16 clients within the first year, one six. And I had 80 clients within 10 months. Wow. It just grew beyond what I ever imagined. And so the neighbors were starting to get upset with us, and we had to move it out of the house. So we moved to a small 1,200-square-foot warehouse uh, that was in Regina, Saskatchewan. So we were CrossFit Regina, the first in the province of Saskatchewan. Wow. Back there was basically one in each major city. And so we had some support from other owners of CrossFit in other cities. Other than that, we were basically flying by the seat of our pants trying to keep up with this business. No business background. And we grew to 150 members within another 10 months and had to outgrew that space. And then we moved down the street to 3,000 square feet where we kind of settled in. And yeah, it just kept growing. That was the day where it was no one had ever heard of CrossFit before, but people were hungry to try something new. And it was just word of mouth. People brought their friends. And, uh, yeah, it grew into a nice business for us. So where did those first clients come from? You know, back then, um, new clients coming in, you said, had no real idea what CrossFit was, right? So what drew them to you in the first place? Uh, it's probably stretching to say they were clients. They were friends, people in the neighborhood that... Uh, essentially, you know, Robin would talk about this crazy workout that I was putting her through, and they thought, well, that'd be a nice thing to try. Could I try it? And they well, sure, come on down and try it out. And then they would tell people about this crazy stuff that I was having them do, and they would tell more people, and they would tell more people. Eventually, you know, we'd be getting a good procession of people coming to our basement. When we made the affiliation, we, uh, we kind of Figure people were spending money on the on the training for it. We can probably charge a bit more for it, and then that still didn't slow people down. People still wanted to come and come down our stairs and sit on our futon while I talked to them about fitness. And then we put them through a few workouts, and usually it was mostly women at the beginning, and then they would gradually start to drag their husbands in. Yeah, and then yeah, they would just keep telling people, and we just grew from that. Yeah, and and then when we told people we really couldn't take more people. <laughs> they kept telling more people that they uh, <laughs> need to come in. So, so even pushing people away didn't, didn't slow it down. That's funny. So obviously, yeah. you know, right out of the gate, you had some success at CrossFit Regina. So tell us the rest of the story with CrossFit Regina. Yeah, a few years in, it really started to become stressful for me. It was, you know, full-time burnout. I was working dawn till dusk, working till late into the night. I couldn't hardly keep up with the paperwork. I didn't have any guidance on what to do. And we I did consider going to a business course, and it just seemed like that would make it more work. So at the time, what I decided to do is I decided to get partners. And so through a bit of a process, we found uh, good partners that we were happy with. And so when that uh, friend, Kim, 
started to help me run the business. It was a load off my shoulder, so that was very helpful. She and her brother-in-law, Keenan, um, started to help. And so I wasn't, I felt like I wasn't doing it on my own anymore. And uh, looking back now, I wish I had taken a business course and learned more on the business side of things. You know, we were always continuing to take more certifications and learn more about coaching, but we were lacking on the business side of things. So, like, specifically, what did your day look like, Robin, back then? Because I think a lot of listeners are going to relate to, you know, what you were doing all the time. Well, I was definitely working a split shift every day. I would work from 9 till 1, coaching every hour. A little bit of time off in the afternoon, but I would work on paperwork and emails. And then work again in the evening, 4 to 8, nearly as you open. Aaron's working shift work this whole time. And so he would help on his days off. We did hire coaches, so we were very grateful for having coaches help us. But on the business side of things, we were just learning as we went. What's, what's some of the stuff that you'd find yourself doing, like, to fill up the time in between classes? As far as, like, the paperwork? And, yeah, and yeah. That part of it? Yeah, like, where was your time going? I spent a lot of time on email and just the background of things with MindBody, you know, trying to social media, running the Facebook group and just trying to stay on top of things. We, at this point, like where I feel like I felt burned out, we had maybe 200 clients. And at the time, I wish there was a way where each coach could have a certain number of people under them that they would check up with. Cause I had part-time coaches, but I felt like Be responsible. I was trying to stay on top of everybody, like where they were at with their training and their goals and their nutrition and so I had this idea, if each coach could have, you know, 20 people under them that they're in charge of checking up on, that would be great. But I never knew how to implement that. And so looking back now, if I had some business help and had learned how to do that, that would have been a great help to me and to the business. Okay. So when you took on the partner, uh, what was your hope? Like what, what role did you want the partner to fill? I wanted to have some family time back. And so I wanted the partners to share the workload with me. And also help with business decisions. This is why I wanted a partner because I wanted them to be owners and feel like owners and feel like they could make business decisions too. So it wasn't always just on my shoulders. And how did that play out? It was a good thing. That was uh, what I needed to do. And uh, where this story goes is that Aaron and I eventually decided to move back home. So this is a province away in Saskatchewan, and we decided to move back to our home province of Manitoba just to be back by family. So then the the intent with the partners was that they would start to take over a little more and a little more till eventually they took over the whole business and we moved uh, back home to Manitoba where our parents and family were. Okay, so the intent or the reason you moved back home was because of family, not just because of the burnout, not just because of the, the box. Right. Okay. It was part of it. I, but looking back now, I know if I had some business help, like I think about it and I think about how much more potential there was there with like a few hundred clients. Yeah. I mean, going through some of the business, business mentoring now and, and seeing things as far as having systems in place and automating some processes, there's probably things we could have done that would have made a lot of those tasks easier to easier to deal with and would have taken some of the burden off. But yeah, when you're, when you're basically flying blind and you're not sure, uh, it can definitely get overwhelming. 
you know, we definitely wanted to make sure we were still doing good by our clients and by our coaches by making sure that, you know, we put our, our all into, into everything we did there. But yeah, definitely having some guidance would have probably helped us navigate some of the, uh, the challenges that came. Okay. So how did the split happen? What was the last straw, I guess, Robin? Like what made you say, okay, this is it. And this is the date that I'm done. I don't know if it was really a, a throw or hands up in the air kind of a moment where it's like, hey, that's it. Yeah. I, I think it was more just a strategy of we definitely didn't want our work to fall apart just because it was growing so fast that we might not be able to keep up with it. So it was more about looking for, okay, what's, what's the best way we can do this? And we thought by just spreading the leadership or sharing the leadership, that'd be a, a way of managing it. Yep. Yeah, I, I would say that our clients wouldn't have known we felt that way. I think like we had a, I think we still ran a great business and had a great mm -hmm. uh, relationship with all of our clients and, and definitely getting the partners help share the workload. I mean, it was a huge gym business anyway. It would be mm -hmm. beneficial to get a partner at that time. So how did you guys, how did you guys handle the sale or the transfer to your partners? We had to get the business evaluated. Uh, that was the first step. And so we, uh, we were referred to an accountant that also did business valuations. Okay. And so once we went through that process, we, we came up with a figure of what the, the business would be worth. And then we, we negotiated with, with the, the people buying in uh, those, those finer details. Uh, we also were pretty upfront with them because right around this time is when we were also thinking if, if our, both our parents are healthy and we wanted to make sure that our kids were able to, you know, have some relationship with their grandparents, a move would probably have to happen. And while we're young enough to make that decision and I could move laterally in my career, you know, that was probably the timing of it too. So, so we made sure that they knew that if they bought in, we were also looking to probably move back home to Manitoba. Okay. So they were just aware of that, that there was the potential that they could actually buy the full thing over, over a few years. Okay, so, so you guys moved back to Manitoba, but mm -hmm. you don't want to stop coaching people in fitness. Why, why didn't you want to stop coaching fitness? <laughs> well, we definitely took a bit of a break. I personally, like I always liked having some equipment in the house just so that if I came home, I wouldn't have to go out to go and get my, my training in and then I could still spend time with, with the kids. So I always have equipment around wherever I'm living pretty much. And it doesn't take long for someone to say, hey, well, could you show me how to do a few things? And I'll say, sure, no problem, come over. And it just basically seemed to go the same route as it did the, the first time in, in Saskatchewan, where a person finds out and they ask, another person finds out and they ask. And it just started growing again. <laughs> where did that yeah. first client come from? Well, our parents. Yeah. Yeah, I forced our dad to start lifting. That's great. That is, that is great. Yeah. We had to move here to make them start. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Some, our parents and some friends. Yeah. Okay. That's good stuff. So it started growing, guys. It was in your basement, you know. Yes. So what happened next? You guys yeah. started working up towards some critical mass, right? Yeah. Okay. I would say we're both passionate about sharing this with others. The changes in people's lives is just incredible. Like someone telling me they haven't been able to run in 10 years and now they went for their first jog 
or a lady in her 60s telling me that this summer she helped, you know, build a patio at their, their deck at the lake and at their cabin at the lake. And she never would have been able to help with that before. That kind of thing. Just seeing how it changes people's lives. Like, like I just can't keep it to myself. I need to share it with others. So in our basement here, we've currently grown to 40 members and we've capped it. We're now uh, keeping control of how many <laughs> members we have. Like I said before, in the basement, we grew to 80 members. We've now capped it at 40. So we have a handle on it. And we are very much in contact with people on what their goals are and what their nutrition is at. And, and so we feel that we have a good handle. We're offering our best quality services to people. We are limited to four people at a time. We're really falling in love with the small group or semi-private training model, whereas we did the large group training model before, and we really had to have numbers. We had to keep getting new people in, like lots and lots of people in every month. We had to have those high numbers to keep the business running. Now we have a little more control over the number of people we have. I think also what was a strong point for the basement gym is, is we had people coming in that probably would never think of going to a gym. Uh, we started with, you know, forcing Robin's dad and my dad to, to lift weights. And, you know, when people started finding out about that, we would get largely the demographic of our parents. Uh, we have quite a few people who are close to retirement or in retirement age, or they've had a whole lifetime where they haven't been physically active, but now they're starting to feel the, uh, the age thinking, well, this is just part of getting older. And one of the most rewarding things for us is when we teach them how to get stronger and they find that some of those aches and pains go away. Some of those movement restrictions that they were limited by are, are improving, you know, and they, they wind up with more energy. And so then they tell people, and then we wind up having people coming in who probably never darken the door of the gym, but they'll come into our basement and play around on our equipment downstairs and so that's been extremely rewarding, and because we're, as Robin said, we're limited by the, the smaller numbers of group size, uh, we can give far more attention to the individuals uh, instead of just having people lost in the numbers. Okay, so that's that's a great thing about small group training. So you guys are enjoying doing this now for the last several months. What made you want to open up a location again? Yeah, so like I said, we're passionate about helping people, and... We have a good, solid group of, of 40 members right now, and we are starting to feel a little crowded. And so we looked at, we, you know, it, there's pros and cons, but we've looked at moving to a space. We have found the right space now, and we just feel like if we move out of the house to a space, we'll have a little more room for our current clients, a little more space for uh, a little more ceiling height for things such as uh, like 10 foot wall ball and rope climb we cannot do in our house. And so more variety of movements and we can help more people. So because we enjoy helping people, we want to open that up to be able to help more people. And we have taken the two brain business course, the ramp up course. And <clears throat> we would not be doing this without the help of what we've learned. We would like to be able to also have coaches work under us and be able and through them being able to help more people. And when I say help people, I mean help them with like a better quality of life. I think it comes down to impact. We, we find that we can, we can impact people close to us, but for greater impact, we want to be able to reach more people and also 
when you think about having coaches that work with you that can actually make a living at it, that's appealing to me because then we can impact more people. Yeah, that's really awesome. So uh, just give us a quick update on what the new location uh, is like and, and where it is and all that stuff. And then we're going to talk about you know what you guys have learned along this amazing path. So our house, our basement, we basically had 400 square feet that we were coaching, uh, coaching in. And so the new location is 2,200 square feet. Uh, about 1,200 square feet of that is the actual training floor. We're going from uh, our house, which is a bi-level, so it had a nice high ceiling in the basement of nine feet, to a really spacious uh, 14-foot ceiling. And uh, the main training area is just a big open warehouse space. So we'll be able to put a rig in there so we can have uh, a number of different training stations. So on my days off, if Robin's coaching a group of four, let's say, then I can be on the other side of the rig, and I, I can also be coaching another group of However, many either a private uh, private session with a with a member or a small group. So that's really awesome. So it must feel like a, a palace compared to the size you had before, right? Yeah, we were really excited about it. You can hear the echo. <laughs> There's an echo. That's great. Echo, yeah. Okay, guys. So uh, now the the really important stuff. You know, you guys have gone from small to big to small again, and now you're you're growing. What are you doing differently this time? I think that's going to be the main question people are asking themselves. Well, we started with the ramp-up course. Yeah. And, and when Aaron was on uh, holidays, we just intensely studied. And we, did, we wanted to have some guidance and do this right and just be able to offer the best quality services we can. Uh, we, we do intend to keep it to that small group feel. So we do still offer one-on-one, one-on-two training, and our small groups will be four to six people at a time. We see every single lift that's done in, in our gym. That, like There's always a coach's eye on every lift. We, we want to keep it that way. I think even going back a few steps to where once we started coaching a few people, then the, the idea where we started talking about, okay, what are we doing here? Are we wanting to go forward with this or not? And when we started looking at seriously, yeah, let's, Let's start to do this. We both knew that it could get out of hand very quickly, and we wanted to avoid that. So what can we do differently in order to avoid some of the mistakes we made at the beginning? Uh, and the one thing that we said at the very beginning here was we, we didn't come into this with a business background, and that was something that we need to, to get stronger at. That, that was definitely a, a weakness in our, in our armor. So we started looking at different business mentoring options. Because we want to make sure that if someone's gone down this path before, they could help us avoid some of those pitfalls. And ultimately, we want to make sure this is a successful endeavor because if it isn't, then we can't help anybody. Okay. So what are some of those changes then, guys? Like, what? how are you approaching things differently this time? You know, is your pricing different? Uh, are you doing different stuff with classes, scheduling? Yeah, definitely pricing is a different thing too. We, uh, we've learned that we need to also value our time and our experience and, and charge accordingly. And initially, and even back to when we were in, in Regina, we would price with a different perception. We would price with a perception of what we think people would pay or maybe what they wouldn't pay and decide accordingly. And here, we looked at it more as a professional 
wage, a professional fee for what we were offering people, and and went forward from there. So then instead of, let's say I would coach one person, I would say, I'm going to charge $55 an hour for this person. And let's say they were going to bring a friend. The temptation would be, well, I'll charge so that I still get the $55, but they'll split that cost, as opposed to making sure that the minimum was met. Uh, so if one person didn't show up, all of a sudden I was coaching for a much lower price point. So we want we want to avoid that. Okay. Yeah, that's great. That's a good start for a lot of people. And uh, what about revenue streams? Like you guys are still going to keep up personal training and small group training and stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, so as far as income streams, right now we're we're very dominated by getting the place, the new place open. But there's different things to we we've offered uh, some nutrition consults and some different uh, options for that. Uh, I've got a couple people that do some remote coaching with me where I offer programs and then they follow the programs, they give me feedback and we update it accordingly. We've also, uh, and then it'll be easier now with the bigger space, uh, we've worked with the local high school in bringing some strength training for the, uh, for the football team. And that's something that I'd like to do is actually work with teams. So the modules on working with athletes and sports teams is very uh, helpful as far as how to figure that out and then figure out the pricing for that. Okay, that's awesome, guys. All right, so we've got a lot more diversity in our revenue streams, right? But what what's something you know now that you wish somebody had told you like 2007? Hard to narrow it down. <laughs> well, go ahead. Give me 30 things. That's fine. <laughs> the things we would do differently when we think back at having a, a big gym business in a major city is the stratified model. So instead of $150 a month, unlimited includes everything, that price should be just for unlimited CrossFit classes, and then people can have add-ons on top of that. So they could add on you know, a personal training session once a month with, with a coach of their choice or a nutrition consultation, um, that sort of thing. So having add-ons, and then they're they're also only, only paying for what they want to get, so they can choose exactly what they want to get. Uh, so that models what we would do if we could go back. Okay. I think having that idea of a perfect day to kind of set the tone gives you a, an idea, a direction that you want to get to, uh, because you can get caught up in the, the day-to-day and forget what you're trying to accomplish with this, but you can think of that, that perfect day, taking time to reflect on it. I think that can help uh, shape the attitude that we're approaching this, this business with, because it is a business, and we want to have a healthy business. Just like we put our time into training to make sure we have a healthy body, we need to put the same kind of effort into making sure that we have a healthy business. And working from dawn till dusk is not the way to make a, a healthy business. Yeah, so contrast like your mindset now with this location compared to your mindset in 2007 opening up CrossFit Regina. We feel we have a, a bit of a head start in that we already are doing semi-private training and that mm. we can continue with that model rather than having a whole bunch of clients unlimited and changing things on them. We don't feel alone kind of working on this business, we, we now know that there's, there's help, there's people we can, we can ask for help, and it's there. We don't have to 
invent everything ourselves. So that, some of these wheels have already been invented and turning already. Also think of, thinking of it as we are professionals and we want to offer a professional service. Mm-hmm. We're helping people prevent needing other care when they're older. Definitely. Like it's, it's promoting their independence into their later years. You know, uh, it's keeping their bones strong, their muscles strong. Uh, it's hard to put a price on that until it's taken away and then you have to start you know, paying for accommodations, paying for other tools and appliances to, to help with what we take for granted because we have our help. When you opened up CrossFit Regina, you were the first gym in Saskatchewan. You were not going to be the first gym in Manitoba. You know, how has that changed the equation for you? When we started, we, we kind of built everything up as we went. So in, in Regina, like I would make medicine balls out of basketball. I would fill them up with sand, glue them shut. We use that. We use very, like a lot of homemade equipment and, and it worked because there was, well, people didn't know the difference and we could still train them effectively, even with these basic uh, pieces of equipment. Nowadays, everyone has seen the CrossFit games on TV. Everyone has probably, well, I, I'm making an assumption. I don't know if everyone's heard of it, but likely most people have heard of CrossFit or they've heard of uh, things about CrossFit. Someone's done CrossFit. And so there's already an expectation that when they walk in the door, they're going to see certain pieces of equipment, a uh, certain amount of space available. So we have to we have to start with a bit more equipment than we normally would have had the last time. You know, we had to make a larger equipment purchase so we could train, you know, X number of people with rigs, with ropes, that kind of thing. Uh, and then there's always going to be the comparison of people who have probably gone to um, local CrossFit. There's only one other one in Steinbach where we're at, but they've probably been to one, and so there's always going to be that comparison. How are we different from the other one? So I love that you said comparison, Aaron. Do you perceive that there's competition within the local CrossFit market? I would say there is competition, but I don't look at it as a negative because, I mean, just knowing that there's that other opportunity forces us to make sure that our game is effective. We have to do our best to make sure that we stand out because if it's just a matter of moving barbells, what sets us apart from any place else that has barbells? Uh, we have to make sure that uh, what we offer is is effective for what the uh, what the, the person wants. There's also, I always like to think that people are going to go where they feel suits them best. And I don't think everyone's going to want to be at our place. I mean, I don't see why they wouldn't, but I have to admit there has to be someone that doesn't want to be at our place. Uh, well, they might be better served at the other crossroads. Right and so they should be where they're going to do them the best, I guess. Sure. Okay. I think that's great, guys. And you guys have a lot of wisdom. I mean, you've been in this game now for almost a decade as as CrossFitters. That's incredible. What would you tell somebody who is either running a big box but maybe, you know, working a 15-hour day or they're not making what they need to and they're thinking about giving up? Like what would you say to them? I would say to them to look into getting a business mentor or business coach. Like that is the best decision we have made. And there's many out there. We did 
uh, phone calls, like consults with three different mentors and then narrowed it down and made our choice. And that was the best choice for us. I do know that Crossroad Regina has now gone with a business mentor and we're super happy about that. We know they're going to be so successful. I, I, that's what you need to do. You need to get help. You can't do this by yourself. Uh, get a get a business coach uh, who has talked to hundreds of box owners and see what works. You know, the, the fitness industry is always changing. We need to keep up with what we did in 2007 may not necessarily work now, 10 years later, with knowing where the fitness industry is going now. So for us, for example, we see it used to be personal training. It went to the large group training and it's maybe coming back to the personal training and focusing more on the one-on-one, one-on-two aspect and not just throwing people into a big group of 10 to 15 people. And so that's what we're looking to offer. That's awesome, guys. How about a, a gym owner starting out from scratch? What would you tell them about setting your prices, setting your hours, stuff like that? I would say they need to think of themselves as a professional, like I said before. Like what a massage therapist makes in an hour, it's, it's okay for a CrossFit coach to make that in an hour as well. We don't have to think of ourselves as being lesser than a professional. Okay, that's a great way to look at it, guys. That's a great way to look at it. Okay, so from you know CrossFit enthusiasts to CrossFit coaches to box owners – it's it's been a heck of a ride, guys, and uh, you know, thank you for your dedication and, and the service that you bring to uh, the CrossFit community in general. I mean, you guys have now changed thousands of lives. That's remarkable. Uh, and the best thing about you guys is every time we talk on the phone, you're smiling and laughing. Yeah. How do you maintain that? How do you maintain a happy relationship and a happy life with with all the stuff that you guys do? Well, we like being around each other. That definitely helps. I always enjoy hearing Robin tell people that she's training or even just talking to her friends that uh, I was her original coach and I trained her in, in how to do the, the do do the CrossFit stuff, all the stuff in CrossFit. And, and some of them would say, well, Matt, I could never handle my spouse coaching me on anything. It just wouldn't work. And to me, that just reinforces, you know, I, I like that we have personalities that really click and I can give her coaching advice. She can give me coaching advice and neither of us takes it the wrong way. Uh, I mean, we also worked, you know, in the business where we had to make business decisions and we weren't, we weren't at odds with each other. We could kind of keep it separate and, and not get ticked off at each other. You know, at some point you have to be able to make a decision on something but then to keep it as, well, that's business. And we still want to have our relationship strong after that. Yeah, it helps that we enjoy working together. That's yeah. what we envision is working side by side. Yeah. And definitely still making time for family time. Um, and, and we are rewarded by what we do. Like, yeah. like I said, every little PR, every little story that comes back to me just rejuvenates me every time. I'm always smiling when I'm coaching. Yeah. It always sounds like there's not much work going on in the basement because you hear so much laughing and giggling. <laughs> but I see the numbers on the board. I know there's stuff going on. There's there's uh, there's records being broken. So that is awesome, guys. And that you know the hashtag Happy Gym. Uh, I love it for my gym, and I think it really applies to you guys. And I think that's probably what's making you successful every time you try this. Every so. Time. 
Guys, thanks again. Uh, this is going to be a great story for people. Where can they reach you if they have questions? Our website is www.stonebrookstrength.com. Uh, all of our information is on there. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Do a great new location very soon. What would you do if you could start over? This was the question that I asked at the beginning of the episode. And if you listened to the podcast Food for Thought Friday a few days ago, you'll have heard me talking about sunk costs. But in our world, it's not so much sunk costs because the barrier to entry in a CrossFit gym is so low. It's about sunk decisions. Things that we put in place early on when we didn't have the big picture. We didn't know how big we were going to grow. We thought that it would be fine to run open gym while class was going on back then. And we thought that it would be fine to give people some free personal training outside of class or here's some extra homework to do. We thought that it would be okay to just blow whatever money we had on more reverse hypers or rowers. And now we know better. The point is that you don't have to clear the board to start over. You don't have to completely close down your gym, open up a new one. Even though that's what the mayors did out of necessity, it's not too late to make changes. And the overarching message that you should really take from this interview is that when change is necessary, it's your duty as a box owner to make it. Now, I didn't ask Robin and Aaron to give testimonials about the value of business coaching. But I did spend a lot of time with some of the top business coaches in the world this week, and their message over and over was that they also have business coaches. We all need an external voice, even, or expert, or opinion, or eyeball on our business to tell us what's going wrong and what we can do better. Robin and Aaron have always been fantastic coaches. They've owned a box longer than I have. But to get to a point of success, to get to perfect day, to provide the service they wanted to provide to their clients, they needed an external eye. If you want to meet them in person, they're going to be at our Calgary seminar October 15th. I haven't promoted this event very much because I really like the intimate feel that we get at some of these seminars. But it is wide open to two-brain listeners, not just two-brain clients. You're welcome to come, spend a day, get motivated, learn systems that are going to fix your business and get you to profitability.